This is the Good Neighbor Podcast, the place where local businesses and neighbors come together. I'm your host, Charlie McDermott. Welcome to episode number 129 of the Good Neighbor Podcast. And today we have Tom Hendry. Now, he's the owner of Hendry Aluminum. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, Charlie. How are you doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. And we have to give extra credit to Tom. You, you have no idea the hoops I made him jump through to get on this interview today with technology the way it is. So <laughs> thank you for putting up with everything, Tom. No problem. So let's start with your company. Tell us about Hendry Aluminum. Well, Hendry Aluminum is an aluminum specialty contractor company. We do everything from pool enclosures to screen rooms to ornamental welding like railings and spiral staircases all that just about anything with aluminum will do it i love it i love it and um yeah i gotta ask the photo of the gentleman standing it looks like three miles in the air on top of a screen that's you i'm assuming correct that was me about five years ago, and if you saw me now, you know, I'd see that I'm like 35 pounds less. At that point, I was pushing like 245 pounds Whoa. and climbed up there. Now, you got to know that there was water in the pool because I'm nobody's fool. <laughs> <laughs> but still, for our listeners, if you go to the uh, AndreaAluminum.com website, you'll see the photo of Tom on a pool. Yeah, I, I guess a, a cage, right? Is that the yeah. correct? Uh, yep. Uh, but you, you can't tell from the looks of it that it's over a pool. So I'd go <laughs> leave the pool thing out, you know, before you yeah. know that. The Linda brothers will be calling you for uh, help. Uh, yeah, exactly. walk. Uh, that's great. I love that shot. I'm sure you get a lot of comments on that. Yeah. In fact, when we ran it through a publication, the salesperson came by here delivering our copy of the publication. She said, this thing has created nothing but a bunch of delays for me today because everybody has been asking me if this is real or not or if it's been Photoshopped. Um, so she was a little frustrated at it. <laughs> but you can actually, obviously, according to the photo, stand, not that, you know, this is one of those, we have to put the small print, do not try this at home, yeah. right? Yeah, um, exactly. You are standing on the screen uh, in between the aluminum frames on the on the pool cage. Yes, and you can't do that with a standard screen. That's a that's a polyester screen. It was specifically designed for golf courses to keep the golf balls from flying through. So it would take a pretty significant amount of weight, obviously, and they last a long time. So yeah, it's a little bit of a little bit of a trick, but yeah. you know, there's a lot of people copying it now. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So tell us a little bit about the history of the company, Tom, and how you got into the business. Well, I was raised in the construction industry. My dad had been a contractor for going close to 50 years. Uh, and then so when I got to be a teenager, of course, I was, well, I don't want to go work with my brain. I want to get out there and work with my hands and my back, you know. So <laughs> that's where I went. I went out there and started working out. Uh, at an aluminum company and then within a few years I desired to work for myself. This was back in 1987 so at that point I began taking all my testing stuff, got my license and here we are 30, 33 years later. Wow, wow. 
That's awesome. All in this uh, location? You've always been yeah. here, right? Well, we yeah. saw, well, my licensing started in Collier County. Yeah. And then as every one of them was required, we, you know, added more and more and more of them until we've got them for all the surrounding areas. Wow. Wow. What kind of uh, reach do you go? How far out do you guys go? Well, some of them, because we build a lot of specialty screen enclosures as well, custom ones. I mean, we travel sometimes. We've done some uh, in St. Augustine. We've done them. Wow up in Orlando, Tampa area. So we'll go around if the money's right. If somebody wants our specialty product, we'll travel to them as long as they, you know, they want to pay the price. Yeah, yeah. But Love predominantly it. our work is from, I would say, extends to Marco Island to the Port Charlotte area is our yeah. place of work. Nice. So do you hear, are there any myths in your industry uh, that you hear that you could dispel? Well, yeah, one we run into all the time when we're going out to see people to bid their jobs and such is they've got bids from from people that tell them, well, you really don't need to have a permit. I mean, this job doesn't call for one. It's small. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. We'll come in. We'll do it on a Saturday. That way we won't have to put you through all of that having to sign papers and get permits. And that really is a myth that can come back and get you because as the homeowner uh, say you know you don't even intend for it to happen but say you uh, allow that person to work on your property and then a couple of years from now you want to sell that property well the first thing's going to happen is you're going to get a, a title search to clear the property which could put a stop on your job if this person is no longer business or can be found because now that job that might be two or three years old uh, would be out if they did build it according according to a code or standard it might be out of that standard now and it could cost you to whereas the homeowner you find yourself in order to sell that house you have to knock down several you know thousand dollars to to move the house for the person to guarantee that they want it, or you got to pay another contractor to come in there and replace your job. So <clears throat> you know you have to be careful with what the people tell you because if if the contractor or somebody posing as a contractor is trying to tell you something like that, you have to wonder what his motives are. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's really really good advice. Jeez, that'd be a nightmare. Um. <laughs> Yeah, we've had to help a few people out of that before where, and, you know, of course, it's just trying to be uh, a conscientious company in the area, so it's not like we would make money off of it or anything, but we have had people to call us and just, you know, I need help, I've got to get through with this, we're trying to close, and, you know, of course, then at that point, we've got to take on the responsibility of the job. Right. So if I say, okay, I'll help you get through it and something is wrong, now I have to stand up for it and make sure everything's right. I don't like to put myself in that situation too often. <laughs> I hear you there. Wow. wow. So, Tom, when you're uh, not in the business, what are you doing for fun? Well, until recently with the, uh, the COVID uh, virus, my wife and I, at the ages of uh, 57 and 59, respectively, started doing obstacle course races, such as Spartan really? Savage and those sort of things. 
So with those kind of a little bit of a stalemate now, right now, seeing what's going to go on, I mean, it's exercise and training for when they start. So we do boot camps and we do classes and we do all kinds of other stuff to try and mm -hmm. get back that youth again. Like I said earlier, I was pushing like 245 before and now I'm back down close to like 205 and Good for you. Feel younger than I did when I was 30. Yeah. So what's a typical obstacle course, if there is such a thing? What would an obstacle course race look like? Well, they vary. I mean, you have ones that are like three and a half miles. Uh, just recently, last year, I did one that was 15 miles. Whoa. And you have like 35 obstacles spread out through the whole thing. So you start running and you might get to a rope climb. Or you might get to a pyramid climb or just a, a myriad of different yeah. things that are just designed to, by the time you're getting to the end of them, just beat you down. <laughs> wow. That sounds like a lot of fun. I mean, in a crazy way. <laughs> well, you know, I figure um, I got, you know, Lord willing, I got a few more years left where I can do that sort of thing. So I might as well get through it now and have fun while I can. Yeah. Yeah. Any sign of them starting up again uh, in the near future? They're trying to yeah. right now, but there's just so many regulations on yeah. them now that make it very difficult. I mean, one of them is, you know, borderline absurd where, you're running through cow pastures and stuff like that and through ponds and lakes, you know, that obviously don't have the healthiest of conditions to begin with due to the animals that are around there. But they have hand sanitizer stations set up everywhere. <laughs> so you're supposed to run through the mud and the muck and whatever else is in there <laughs> first and then go to the next one. Oh, my so, well, that's just one of the few things that's a little bit out of hand. So I think I'll wait the rest of this year out and hopefully yeah. it next year. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm going to have to keep an eye out for those. If nothing else, it'd be fun to watch. Uh, <laughs> but I'll have to play in. Um, how about uh, hardships, Tom? You've certainly been, been through a lot, business, personal. Uh, what comes to mind, a hardship that certainly – not a whole lot of fun, but maybe you've gotten to the other side and you look back and say, hey, I'm better for it. We're better for it. Well, I would say, and there's probably a lot of people that would claim the same thing, and that is the recession that hit us in 2007. Mm. We were a company at that time that had close to 40 employees. We had you know, 12 to 14 trucks going out every day. We were very busy. Uh, doing very well, and then all of a sudden everything was gone. You know, uh, the, the economy fell to nothing, and we scrambled as long as we could, but we went from having those almost 40 people down to myself and my son-in-law. You know, this is after building the company up for 20 years at first and then being reduced back again down to, to having, you know, like I started when I was 27. And, you know, we watched a lot, the wife and I watched a lot of things go by, you know, you start dropping your, your vehicles, you know, we, we lost homes, we lost all kinds of stuff, but, you know, praise God, I, I, my, uh, never lost my wife, 
<laughs> I've lost my, my church family. And I can remember my father just telling me, giving me advice and saying, you know what, boy, the only thing that they can take is this here. They can't eat you. Keep going. Yeah. And we pushed through. And now I had to, like I said, it was me and my son-in-law, and I wouldn't have been able to do it without him. We built it back up again. And I would say three or four years, we started having employees again. We started gaining more ground again. The economy opened up, and now we're enjoying where we are, you know, right now being back up to the standard we were before. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's that's a awesome and inspiring story, and that's the, the perils of having your own business, right? You know, you it's, it's never as straight path and a clear road, right? You know, there are unforeseen things that happen all the time and uh, we lose things, we gain things, uh, but you're right, you know, you, the important things we hold on to and that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. And, you know, even in the times we're going through now, there's a lot of uncertainty economically yeah. right now. And uh, I learned a lot of lessons from the last time, which are really helping me now. And also, it gives me, I'm, I'm the president of the local aluminum association here and a vice president of the aluminum association in the state. And uh, it gives me the ability to try and help some of the younger guys too that haven't went through this experience for, before because, I mean, <laughs> something like that can really take the wind right out of you and make you want to give up and such. And, you know, sometimes it's good just to pass along the information to just stick with it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Well, it's good for you. I'm sure they appreciate your insight and have, having, like you said, having someone who's been through it. And, and there is, <clears throat> it, it may take some time, but there is an end in sight here. So, Tom, how about uh, if there was one thing you wish our listeners knew about your company, what would that be? Well... Well, like I said earlier, we do a lot of specialty work. Now, we don't turn down work, and we do a lot of the, I would say, by comparison, a lot of the mundane work, the, the jobs we call in the business cookie cutters. They're all the same. But we really shine doing the specialty work, the work that some of the other companies don't want to do or can't figure out to do. We like to take those on. Yeah. And sometimes you run into, you know, you run into things that are unforeseen where, you might be dealing with a, uh, say, in our case, where you have to have something powder coated, and you're waiting on a part or parts, and it's holding up the project. And you know, there's sometimes, rightfully so, people get frustrated. And you know, while we try and make people happy with their job all the way through the whole experience, and 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 keep them so they really are glad when it's done they did the work and had it done for me it's more about i want that person to be able to sit in that room or sit out on that pool deck five or ten years from now and think about it and say i am really glad that we did this job i like to think more like of the long term not about the immediate because things happen you know but it's getting through it and then being able to enjoy it for the 15, 20 years you anticipate being able to have it. Yeah, yeah, that's great. 
So what is that one project that comes to mind? Because I'm sure you've done a lot of unique projects. Uh, what comes to mind is probably the most unique or funnest or however you want to define it project. Well, one that we've done several of, and I don't think anybody in the industry has done them yet. When you run into every once in a while, well, they have a pool deck that's poured on a curve or a radius. Traditionally, screen enclosures, at that point, they, they chop them up in little segments around, so you would have a series of walls around it. Uh -huh. Now, what we've done, because we build a post and beam type construction where you can have openings 40, 50 feet wide, but nothing but a piece of screen, where we've taken and we would use a surveyor and have that person go out and measure every foot or so along that curve and then send us the coordinates. And then at that point in our design team, we use our computer software to design it and then cut those beams out on our plasma table and weld them together so that we can take a 35, 40 foot radius curve and make that beam follow the whole curve so that they too can have that open area view even though they have such a uh, unique pool deck. Wow, that is impressive. There's several, of them, uh, there's several of them on our website that you can see. We also have them where we post them when we do them on Facebook as well. Yeah, that's great. So speaking of websites and all that, how can our listeners learn more about you guys? Well, we try and maintain a good presence on Facebook all of the time because, you know, our, our employees can post stuff because we allow them to, or we can do it easily from here uh, rather than sometimes it takes a little bit of time to get stuff through the, the website page, but we do try and keep that refreshed as well. But you can find us on, uh, uh, under Hendry Aluminum incorporated on facebook and then the same name on the internet terrific terrific well tom it's been a pleasure uh, and i really appreciate you sharing the story behind the photo on the website of you standing in the skies <laughs> <laughs> and wish you the to do that again someday for a refreshed version of it either that or, or incorporate some kind of obstacle course type uh, photo with it I had thought about doing one where I would take and, you know, walk across the whole roof and slowly pan out to show that I wasn't just walking down a path that at the end of it, you could see I walked all the way across the screen enclosure. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, well, I will look forward to that. Please, please let us know. We'll share it. Now, Tom, you have a great one. Thanks again. You too, Charlie. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Good Neighbor Podcast. To nominate your favorite local business to be featured on the show, go to goodneighborpodcast.com. That's goodneighborpodcast.com. Or call us at 239-224-4105.